Welcome to today's Meet the Artist interview here at the San Francisco Ballet, War, San Francisco War Memorial Opera House. My name is Allison Groves, and I'm delighted to have you with us here on this Sunday, February 21st, 2010. The Meet the Artist series is sponsored by San Francisco Ballet's Center for Dance Education. And I do want to let you know that this interview is being podcast. And you you can listen to previous Meet the Artist interviews by going to our website, sfballet.org. Now, without further ado, I do want to welcome today's guest, principal dancer Pierre-Francois Villanova. Hi. I'm sure you all know something about Pierre already, but just as a recap, he is from France. He studied at Lille Conservatory and the Paris Opera Ballet School, began his career at Paris Opera Ballet, and spent eight years there before he joined us at San Francisco Ballet as a soloist in 1998. And the following year, in 1999, he was promoted to principal dancer. Over the past 12 years, you've seen him as Romeo, as Othello. You've seen him create roles in Yorma Elo's Double Evil. I think you sang in West Side Story. No, you didn't sing, but you did dance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's done a lot of stuff, and I am glad to have you as my guest today. So I want to start with a bit of your history and ask you why you left a great company like Paris Opera Ballet to join us here at San Francisco Ballet, and what about this company has kept you here for so many years? Well, I was in Paris for uh, a while, and, uh, and I was married at the time, and, uh, and we decided that we wanted to experience something else, to visit a little bit. Traveling, I think, is, is very essential for uh, personal growth and uh, professional growth. So my wife and I uh, decided to, to go to America, and she really wanted to come here because she had done some research. And uh, the repertory is very varied here, similar to what we have in Paris, you know, from contemporary to very classical. And uh, this is, for me, something essential for, uh, for my career. And uh, so we came here, we auditioned, and uh, we got in, so here I am. Now why I stayed here, because I like to have a base. I don't want to travel all the time. I like to, you know, settle somewhere and, uh, and enjoy and get to know the people I work with and uh, create relationships. And uh, so there I am. (laughs) Well, it's great to have you here. Now, today the audience will be seeing our all-balancing program, and over the past couple of weeks, you have been in two of those pieces, Serenade and Stravinsky Violin Concerto. Balancing is such an iconic choreographer. I'm wondering if you can tell us what defines Balanchine's style. Well, uh, I think to to talk about his style, you have to, to know a bit about where he comes from, and he comes from, from Russia. And um, when he was still a dancer in the 20s, he, he, he worked with uh, two choreographers, and one especially, uh, Lopukov, I think, Fyodor Lopukov. And uh, those two choreographers like, uh, came from an era where the classical ballet was very important and pretty much on, the only thing that there was. And at this time, there was also the modern dance that was starting. But um, he, he got uh, the opportunity to work with those two uh, choreographer that were trying new things and uh, and uh, he got to dance uh, in one of these ballet um, and uh, I think he's, he, he was impacted by it because um, 
this uh, Fyodor um, decided that uh, dance should reflect music for a start instead of the opposite. And also he, he started kind of the, the plotless ballet, meaning that there was no story in the ballet. And uh, after, of course, uh, Balanchine left and he went uh, in France, in, in Switzerland. He, he went earlier everywhere until he based himself in America. And this is where I think he took all this knowledge and uh, this exposure that he had and uh, had this vision and wanted to create something new for America, which he did. So it's an extension of the classical technique and pushed to another, a little further. Is there any difference in learning a piece by someone like Balanchine and learning perhaps a Forsyth piece, which I think you'll be doing in the next program? It's, you know, the approach to learn a ballet is kind of the same. You know, the movement is very different, but learning a step is learning a step. Um, now, uh, Balanchine, we, we are more familiar with it because this is what you've been working on all your life, you know. The, you start with a, a classical bass, and Balanchine is pretty classical, ultimately, I mean. Uh, now, uh, with, uh, with a piece for, uh, like a Forsyth, and uh, um, the, the partnering is, is, is quite, quite tricky at times because it's really pushing uh, all the balance very far, and uh, you have to have a trust with your partner and, uh, and uh, a connection, an understanding of where we want to go uh, at this point. Uh, so the, uh, the process is slightly different and yet similar. Well, I do want to ask you about partnering. Over the course of a season, I assume you have several partners. Do you have to work with um, developing a particular trust with each partner? And, and do you can you partner with anyone, or do you really have sort of favorites because you have a connection with them? Well, clearly, I mean, for a, for a good partnership, you have to have a connection. I mean, it's essential. This is the base of it. Um, without trust, you're not going to go anywhere. It's, gonna, it's not going to look good any, anyway, so you, you have to. Uh, of course, the, you, 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 you develop relationships, a deeper relationship with certain persons than others. Uh, ultimately, you can partner pretty much everybody in the limit of the renewable, but um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, yeah, the essential for me is like the connection. Here at the ballet, you perform many styles. As I said, you've been the leading man. Uh, you've played a bad guy in Sylvia. And uh, you've done many abstract pieces as well. Do you have a particular choreographer or style that you enjoy the most? Uh, it's difficult, uh, difficult sorry, to say. <laughs> uh, everything is very different. I mean, I enjoy uh, a lot some contemporary and uh, some uh, classical ballet, some story ballet, some abstract ballets for different reasons. I cannot say that I really enjoy one more than another. Uh, I'm, more, uh, I'm more familiar with some styles than others, but um, no, not really. I cannot uh, pick one thing. One thing I've noticed about you is that you really are a great actor, and I'm wondering if you ever took acting classes or if it just came naturally to you. Uh, no, I never took uh, acting classes. I, I think uh, uh, when I have to, to tell a story or, or to emote something, um, I, I just look into my own life experience, and I think it's pretty easy to, to feel what you, what you have experienced in the past, and uh, I just try to, to recognize and understand how I felt it and why I felt it and uh, put it out there on stage without being too embarrassed about what I can feel. <laughs> 
You recently got a great review in the New York Times for your work in Stravinsky Violin Concerto. Alistair McCauley referred to appreciating your calm flair. Um, and he's a pretty tough cookie as, as a critic, so congratulations on that. I'm wondering, did it just take years of practice for you to sort of have a calm flair, or were you always just very comfortable performing on stage? No. No. <laughs> it's really in the recent years that I'm a little calmer. <laughs> uh, no, I've always been actually kind, kind of nervous going on stage, and... Uh, and I think it's it's a personal issue. You know, you want to to put yourself out there as the best as you can, and of course, you don't have a second chance. You just go and you do. If you fail, you fail. If you don't, it's great. But uh, so the fear of uh, of, uh, of failing for me was very very great. So it took maturity and uh, and practice to now. Maybe I have more distance about about it all. So I see that. This is just ballet, you know, it's just performing, it's just entertainment. It's not, my life doesn't depend on that. So I try to do my best, and if it's good enough, it's good enough. If it's not, it's not. Um, well, what are we going to see you in coming up this season? And are there any ballets, either ones you're in or not in, that you're really looking forward to this season? Well, um, I, I have a few ballets that, that are coming up. One, one that I have a special... Uh, special feeling for it is uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, it's, a, it's a full-length ballet story. I, I like the story very much. Uh, I saw the set and the, and, and the choreography and the costume and everything. I really enjoyed that very much. Um, also, uh, it's special for me because uh, this is a piece from uh, John Neumeyer. And uh, he's, a, he's a one choreographer. When I was back in Paris as a young dancer, that picked me out of the core and gave me my first lead role in uh, the Sylvia Zetti credit over there. So for me, a few years later, uh, to, to come back to work with him and, uh, and experience uh, uh, something like that after all this experience and uh, with a partner, uh, that uh, is good for me and we connect very well with, uh, together. So I really am looking forward to this one. Now I had a follow-up question to that. <laughs> uh, the, tell us a little bit about the movement in The Little Mermaid. It's, it's a bit different from most full lengths, and in spite of the title, it is not the Disney version, so it's not necessarily appropriate for children to attend. Well, uh, John Neumeyer uh, is kind of uh, a, a similar uh, situation than, uh, than uh, Balanchine in some ways. You know, it's, uh, it's based on a very classical very classical. Uh, Technique, and uh, but they, they, they took uh, it, it took uh, some modern modern uh, technique and incorporated both both techniques together. So you know you you can right away see the, the very classical bass, and yet uh, suddenly it's going to extend in a more lyrical and uh, expanded way. Are there other choreographers with whom you worked when you were in Paris that you? haven't been able to perform here at San Francisco Ballet or other people that you really dream of working with someday? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to understand that most choreographers stay where they are, kind of, you know. It's rare. I mean, rare. It's not rare, but crossing crossing the, the, the ocean is not easy. And um, 
And so there is a lot of uh, European choreographers that you work with that will never come in America and some American choreographers that will never go in Europe. So yeah, I have like, for example, I've worked with Matsek and uh, that was a very, very powerful experience and uh, I will never forget this one. And I'm regretting that it's not here, but you know, we have other choreographers here that uh, I would have regretted not working with in Paris. One of the things that's coming up after the season is touring. Um, the ballet recently announced that the company will be touring to Copenhagen in August. Uh, I think they have set the pieces that they'll be performing, but not necessarily the people who will be going to dance. But can you talk a little bit about the importance of touring to dancers? To dancers? Um I like touring because I like visiting countries, you know. Uh, ultimately, it's, 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 it's a different, completely different atmosphere. Um, we get to, to discover uh, each other a lot more, which is good and not so good. Ultimately, it's better, but, <laughs> but uh, sometimes it's a little rough. But it, it, I really enjoy touring because of this, this aspect of the, of the tour. Now performing a ballet here or there, you just adapt to the theater, the size of the theater. Besides that, it's pretty similar. I, I'm wondering if when you arrived here, when you started your career, if you had any mentors or sources of inspiration. And as you watch young dancers coming up here, do you offer them guidance? Um, I, I wouldn't say I had a mentor. You, you have your favorite dancers. This is natural. Uh, you you look up to them. Uh, you, I, I remember that uh, that I, I had few dancers that I liked, and uh, and I have to to realize who I am also as a, as a dancer. I cannot mimic them. I, I am not. I am myself. So, uh, you, you, I think you find in other people part of yourself, and uh, so with your abilities, you maybe adapt and discover things by watching others. Uh, as far as uh, as uh, people here uh, asking me for help, everybody asks for help to each other. Is is this is what we do, you know? And uh, so, of course, I'm going to do to give my best advice. Um, uh, fortunately, I had a very good teacher in Paris, and uh, I, it's very vivid in my mind everything that he's uh, taught me, and uh, it works. So uh, I share it with uh, with uh, with others, and uh, the simpler, the better, I think. And um, yeah. That's it. Now, you have been dancing for a while, and I know you have some good years ahead of you as well, but one of the ways that you can have a long career as a dancer is to stay healthy and injury-free. I'm wondering what you do both when you're here during the season and also when you're on holiday in the summer. Well, uh, I have been known to, to be injured quite a bit, and um, <laughs> so... Uh, this is a process that you learn along the way. I mean, at first, you just don't think. I mean, I didn't think. Some, other, some, some do, but... Um, and I would just go on stage and bust out and, uh, and uh, use my body as much as I could and, uh, and sometimes a little too far, sometimes abusing my body too much. And uh, the problem is once, once you get injured, there is a fear of the injury that is recurrent. And, um, and so uh, coming back, you, you never want to, to be gone for too long because you want to come back on stage. And the mistake that everybody does pretty much is come back too soon and re-injuring and re-injuring. So, and the more you enjoy yourself, the more fear you have to come back. And uh, sometimes it's uh, psychologically really difficult to handle. 
and uh, especially when you have to deliver uh, per, uh, important performances. Um, now, um, I stopped smoking a few years ago, so that helped a lot. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and also after there is maintenance, daily maintenance, uh, uh, bicycle. I mean, depending on your injury, you have to do some exercise asymmetrics and, and uh, icing, contrasting, whatever you need to do. And if, you, if you're okay with that, take some anti-inflammatory and move on. I know one thing that you do when you're not on stage is study at St. Mary's through the Liberal Education for Arts Professionals program. A number of our dancers here are in that program. What possessed you to go back to school when you're so busy on stage? Uh, I mean, there is a life after ballet, and uh, we have to prepare for it. So um, <laughs> when I stopped uh, school when I was younger, young, um, I, I, I thought I would never go back to school. I mean... I, I was done with it. I was happy to, to be a professional dancer, and, and I didn't even think that I would have to do something else afterwards. Um, now, I mean, uh, it, it came naturally. I think it was, uh, I, I saw other people do it, and uh, I was hesitant, very hesitant, because I was afraid of the challenge. Um, but ultimately, if other people can do it, you can do it too, right? So I, I tried. It was very, very challenging, and, but I have discovered many things about myself, about Many, many other aspects of life, and uh, I'm so grateful that I've done that. It's, it's really changed my life. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Are you studying anything in particular? Not really. I have some ideas, but right now I'm just doing the core curriculum and uh, finishing that, and I'll, I'll, I'll choose in a few, few months what I really want to do. <laughs> I know a lot of people, when they retire, end up becoming ballet masters or teachers, in a school, have you thought about um, that possibility? You have to. Uh, I mean, this is an easy way out in some ways, you know. Uh, you don't really have to study. You know what you're doing. You've been doing that for like 20 or more years. So you, re you should be comfortable doing ballet mastering or teaching. Uh, uh, I mean, if I have the opportunity, of course, I will do it un until I am ready for something else. But ultimately, I think I really would like to, to experience uh, something outside of the dance world. Uh, I have, I, yeah, I, as I said, I have some ideas, but uh, I, don't, I don't want to, to put it out there and have to change my mind. You know? <laughs> well, I don't want to be the only one up here asking questions. So, right there. Let's She's wondering if Pierre recognizes the audience reaction when he's on stage and what the difference is between an American and European audience. So, yeah, you, 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 you are aware of the audience reaction when you're on stage. Um, it's actually, uh, I mean, yeah, it's actually affecting your performance. Uh, when, you, when you have an audience that's very responsive, you... you, you ease up in your, in your uh, dancing and uh, you actually enjoy it more and more. Uh, as far as uh, American and uh, European audience, uh, I think there is a difference and uh, I think it, uh, it lays into the, the, the culture of ballet, you know, the, the, the understanding of ballet here and there is different, the approach of ballet is different, so the reaction is going to be different. Any other questions? Yes. 
the, the question, in case someone didn't hear, is, is his wife also a dancer? She used to be in the company. Now she's in Montreal, and uh, we are divorced. <laughs> Other questions? Yes, over there. The, the question is, how does Pierre prepare mentally on the day of a performance? Um, to, to prepare the day of a performance, I mean, uh, you wake up in the morning, you go to class, you, you, you warm up, you, and uh, see, uh, I mean, depending on the role you have to dance, depending on how comfortable you are with this performance, you're, you're stressed or you're not. And um, once... Uh, once you, you arrive about an hour or two before the show and you, you have a, a kind of a ritual, a routine that you, you, you have for yourself, whether it's, it matters or not, you do it because it makes you feel better. Uh, so you, you just have, have to, to get yourself in a frame of mind that you feel comfortable and uh, focusing. And uh, once you get on stage, uh, you're there, you're ready. Other questions? Yes? Yes, you, on the aisle. <laughs> I, were you able to hear the question, Pierre? I'll so the question it. was about partnering, and uh, the, the question, uh, it was uh, how much uh, I can uh, actually choose my partners or not, right? Um, I can't choose my partners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's Helgi's decision. It's the artistic director's decision. Other questions? Yes. Ah, what is his diet like for staying in shape? <laughs> I don't really have a special diet. Uh, I've never had. Uh, I, I used to have a very, very bad diet. And uh, with, uh, with the years and uh, the body needs, uh, I think it's, it came naturally to have a healthier diet. But, uh, I mean, I try to not abuse too much, but uh, I don't really do anything special. Anyone else with questions? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, we can't quite hear that. Ah, very good question. How can you tell the difference between a French-trained dancer and an American-trained dancer? Well, there is a different school in different countries, uh, and uh, there is a French school. When you are a professional, you actually quite, uh, recognize quite easily the, the, the difference and uh, the American school. Uh, this is uh, uh, culture, the, the culture background of, of, of each country also that is put into the teaching. So, uh, yeah, each, each country will have a specific style, like maybe a little, like not drastically different, but a little different. And you just learn to, to, to know it. You just recognize it. Uh, I, don't, I cannot really explain, like, a, a specific things, I don't think. <laughs> 
When you came to the U.S., did you have to overcome a French style when you were learning pieces by non-French choreographers, some very modern American choreographers? Well, actually, that was, um, that was uh, one of my challenges when I first came here because I was trained very, very classical, very, um, very French, which is earlier more uh, geared toward execution, the, the, the perfection of execution instead of the, the show. Um, and uh, when I first came here, I, I felt like I had to, I, I had to adapt to, to this new company and to this new style. So I tried and it really didn't, it didn't work for me. And uh, after a year or two, I decided to, to, to go back to, to what I knew and what I did and uh, what I am. So yeah, I I I I, I went back to to my to my, to my teach uh, to my training, and um, nowadays I think I have evolved, of course, because I have been influenced by uh, by the the American style, and I have uh, incorporated it a little more in my dancing. But uh, I'm basically more a French dancer than an American dancer. I think we have time for one last question. I see one back there. The, quest the question is, how did Pierre first get started as a dancer? Well, uh, I was seven years old when I started dancing, and uh, what happened is that my father and mother wanted to, me to, to, to do some uh, physical activity and, uh, as, as well as uh, some music. And uh, when they had asked me uh, to, what I wanted to do, I had just seen a ballet on TV, and I really, I really enjoyed that very much, and uh, I just answered that I wanted to do some ballet. It was a little uh, awkward, but uh, it worked out pretty well. well. I want to thank all of you for coming today, and I want to thank you, Pierre, for being my guest. And um, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future and seeing you on stage in the next program. Thank you. Please all enjoy tonight's or this afternoon's program of the All Balanchine Works.